Everybody stand, turn to page 346. Page 346. this morning. So good to see each one of you. Hope you've had a wonderful week this week. Let me give you just a couple of announcements real, real quick, and uh, then we'll take prayer requests and get right on with the service. Let me say this. Uh, Jessica handed me this a few minutes ago uh, from Miss Allie, wanted me to mention this uh, to the church for their Noah Allie's housewarming shower. It'll be at 2 o'clock on Saturday, September the 19th here at the church. Uh, they asked if you would the RSVP and all that's on there. And uh, then where they're registered, I think they're registered at Walmart, walmart.com under Allie Mosley and Noah Brown. But we'll put that up on the board. And uh, you make sure to look at that. Let them know if you're coming. And uh, we'll take care of that. All right. Don't forget that. Uh, then also, don't forget, no, it seems like we've got a little bit of time now. Things have sort of slowed down a little bit. It seems like we was just bam, bam, bam. Uh, but don't forget September the 26th, I believe it is. Uh, I may be wrong about that. Miss Kendra will be speaking uh, at a ladies' conference down in Salisbury. Any of you ladies interested in going, if you'll get with her and let her uh, we will take the bus that day. You're more than welcome to ride with us. Uh, I think she told me, she informed me that I'd be driving, and uh, she told me that I could spend some time down there with Jared and them while she was there, and uh, I think it starts at 10 o'clock. They're going to have a brunch. Uh, then they're going to feed you brunch. Then you're going to go in and have the service. Plan on ending, I think, around 2 or 3 o'clock. They're going to feed you a meal afterward. Uh, won't cost you a dime. Just need to know as soon as you can whether or not you're going so they can make plans for the food. So if you'll get with my wife, we'll be more than happy to get you down there and bring you back, all right? So you let her know if you can, and uh, I know she'd appreciate that. You'd be much in prayer for her, and uh, I know she's a little bit nervous about that, uh, but I think she's looking forward to a good time of the Lord. That'll be September the 26th, I think, and if I'm not right, it's the closest Saturday right there around that, okay? Uh, the 26th? Okay. 
I think that's right. All right. Don't forget that. Then don't forget October the 1st, uh, we'll be having our revival of the home. It's just something the Lord put on our heart uh, back at the first of the year. And uh, we planned on having our ladies' conference. We weren't able to do that due to coronavirus. Uh, but we had our men's conference in August. And uh, then in October, we just want to try to put it all together. Take what the women had learned, what the men had learned, and look at a focus on the home. And uh, I know it seems like much is going on in these days with politics and with health and different things. Uh, but I promise you the greatest attack in our country and in the, the world is an attack on the home. And the reason that is, if the devil can destroy your home, he can destroy your church. You know that. And if he can destroy the church, he can destroy the country. And uh, so we want to do just a little something I believe it would be good for us uh, just to strengthen our homes. Even if you're not married, uh, it would be good to be able to come and know what to look for in a spouse or what to expect when you get married. It's, we're going to have something for everybody. And uh, even I told them, I talked to the men going to be preaching, Brother Curtis. And Brother David Edwards will be with us that week. And uh, Brother David Edwards told me if the Lord led him, he had a message he wanted to preach to those that had lost their spouse and just different things. And uh, I believe it would be a help to all of us. So you make plans to come. Invite somebody to come be with you. It will be October 1st to the 3rd. That's a Thursday through a Saturday, I believe. And uh, we'll have a meal on Saturday before service or something. And we'll have, we'll have some hot dogs, hamburgers, do something like that. And uh, just have a good, good time the Lord. So you make plans coming then. Then October the 4th, I'll not be here that night. That'll be a Sunday night. Uh, I'll be with you Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'll be in revival up at Friendly Grove Baptist Church with Brother Brett Graham. I'll be preaching up there. Brother Wayne Lowe's going to be preaching for us on that Sunday night. So you be much in prayer for him. Then Monday night, I'll be back up at Friendly Grove. And uh, then that Friday, I believe that's October the 8th, uh, Brett's going to get with us between now and then. Let us know what his plans are. Uh, but as of right now, he is planning on the choir coming to sing in the combined choir. Uh, it'll be us here at Blue Ridge, Maple Springs, Brother Curtis Ponder, uh, Samuel Olson's church over at Pleasant View, as well as Friendly Grove. He wants to get all the choirs together and have a combined choir. And uh, we'll let you know for sure whether we'll be able to do that or not here in the next few days. Uh, but do remember all that coming up. Seems like there's much, much, much happening. And uh, so you remember each one of those if you would. I know I probably forgot something. There's a lot going on, but I, if you would, if I did, uh, you just remind me of it, and I'll announce it Wednesday night, all right? Uh, but there's much been prayer about, remember Andrew, I told him this morning, he, I don't think it's anything serious, he just had a little bit, I believe he's just got allergies, uh, but with the coronavirus and everything going on, Kendra thought it'd be better to play safe and uh, keep him at home today, so that's where they're at, you remember them, and uh, I do want to say this just real quick, and I'm going to get out of the way and let Brother Houston come preach uh, here in just a few minutes. I do want to say thank you to uh, Hayden as well as Ansley. I didn't get to hear Ansley, but I heard she did a phenomenal job, and uh, she showed me her outline, and I thought about just, just taking a real quick picture of it and preaching it sometime. It looked pretty good, and uh, I appreciate them taking part, and uh, I appreciate Hayden. He did a phenomenal job. appreciate what he did this morning, and uh, I, I asked Ansley, I asked her the question. I said, well, was, did you enjoy it? And she said, you know, I really did. I really did enjoy it. And uh, I tell you, we're going to need some people step up over the next few years. And uh, they needs to be another generation. You know that. And I'm thankful for what they did. And I want you to help me be praying about something, all right? And wasn't planning on saying this today, but I believe I will. I mentioned it to Ansley. And uh, there's something I'd be very interested in doing. And I want you to help me pray about it, about maybe starting another Sunday school class. Now, I don't mean anything fancy, but I got to thinking about Noah and Allie getting ready to get married. And Kendra made the statement, said, I guess she won't be coming to the teenage class anymore. And uh, I thought about all the things that a young couple faces, even in even after you've been married for several years, there's still some things you face. And uh, so I'm praying real, real hard about maybe trying to do a uh, young couple's Sunday school class. Maybe to get some of the younger people uh, to come down there with us. Maybe some of the teenagers every once in a while come be with us as well. Uh, but I'm not going to all work that, but you helped me pray about it. And I told Ansley, I said, it's a good thing that you liked it so good. I might let you step up a little bit more and help with Kendra's class while she, if she comes helps me. So uh, you just help me pray about it, and uh, we'll see how everything goes there. But do have much prayer about it. Maybe this morning before we pray, somebody got a special request on your heart. 
Somebody else for the pray. If so, ask Brother John Jones if he would. Thanks, Lord, and word of prayer. Somebody got some on your heart. Mind the Lord. He was requested of us that we sing this morning, uh, help is on the way.
I won't be before you long, but the Lord just wouldn't let me get away from this. I was thinking while they were singing, that song, Help is on the way. I was thinking about immediately, my mind went to Mark chapter 5, a uh, very familiar text, but it, uh, that whole chapter is just de- the deals completely uh, with people that it seems have no hope. You know that, that maniac of Gadara, the Bible said they've been uh, that many had tried to help him, and they, no man could tame him, no man could bind him. The Bible said they uh, had tried and tried and tried, and no man could do anything to help him. That uh, woman with the issue of blood, the Bible said that uh, she'd been to many physicians and suffered many things, yet she was nothing better, but Ronald rather grew worse, and uh, Jairus' daughter was dead, by the way. Do you know that? I mean, it doesn't get any more hopeless than that. Uh, as far as this life's concerned, uh, uh, death's about as hopeless as you can find yourself. That seems like the end, but uh, can I say this? I'm glad that there's help for the hopeless, aren't you? Uh, I'm glad they, the Nun Sisters sing a song. In fact, I uh, had it on my phone and got to listen to it come down the road yesterday. Uh, they they sing that song. There is a remedy. Did you know that there is a uh, there is an answer. Did you know that there is a cure for all? Isn't that right? And as uh, I'm thinking about that, I just want to say something real quick, and I'm going to get out of the way. I got to think about Mark chapter five. Uh, he deals with a man, he deals with a woman, and he deals with a child. Did you know that uh, that maniac was a man? That woman with the issue of blood was a woman. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old, isn't that right? In fact, it's interesting, God hit me, I'm trying to get out of the way, Houston, but it's interesting to me that that woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, John. You know how old Jairus' daughter was? 12. That's interesting to me. I, I, it just interests me, Ronald, that I, I believe there's something there, but I don't know what it is quite yet. But uh, uh, he deals with a man, he deals with a woman, he deals with a child. He deals with everything that you and I are afraid of. Did you know that? That man, that maniac could get there. You know what, what was wrong with him? Houston, he was possessed by a legion of demons. That's exactly what it was. Jesus said, what's our name? And he said, our name, our name is legion. Isn't that right? He was possessed by a legion of demons. He deals with demons. He deals with diseases. That right? That woman had an issue of blood. That terrifies us. The unknown, the uh, the spirit world, I guess you could say, terrifies us. They they make billions off of it, Kirk, uh, putting it on a movie screen. It terrifies us uh, uh, to think about the things that we don't know and the things that uh, we don't understand. It terrifies us this morning. It ter- if you don't believe it terrifies us about disease, go outside and look around. Ain't that right? I mean, we're scared to death about things that we don't understand. I don't care how spiritual you are. If you be honest, it scares you just a little bit to die. Ain't that right? I mean, I know we're ready and I know that we're saved and I know there's a better day, but I'll be honest with you, there's not one iota of me, Ronald, that wants to die right now. I'm just being as honest as I know how to be. It terrifies us and it scares every single one of us. Did you know that? 
You look around, there's things in our lives, there's things we don't understand, things we can't see, those things that we don't know what to do with, those things that seem so much bigger than us. You say, preacher, what are you saying? There's an answer to every single one of them. You know what it is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? Jesus was the one that cast out those demons, that maniac. He was the one, that woman touched the hem of his garment, was made whole. He was the one that said, damsel arise and Jairus' daughter was no longer dead. He is the answer this morning. I said, all that to say this, there's one little line in that song they sung, said, help won't help tomorrow if you give up today. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what you're going through, but I do want to say this. He is the answer. Did you know that? Uh, I know some of your situation. I know some of you, uh, we've talked even recently about your burden. There's some in here worried about a job. There's some in here uh, worried about a husband or a family member, or a grandchild, a son, a daughter. Uh, there's all kinds of things. There's some of you worried about, uh, while it may not be a demon possession, there is something attacking your family's body that it seems like they can't get a hold of, whether it be drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever. Go ahead and your head, it'll be all right. I promise you, go ahead and nod your head, it'll speed me up a little bit. Uh, uh, there's things that we can't control uh, and we can't, ha- we can't apprehend, we can't solve, uh, and He is the answer this morning. But it'll not help you one bit that He's the answer if you give up today. Do you know that? You know what I'd do if I had a son, daughter, grandchild, whatever the case may be, that I was praying for a husband, wife? I'd not give up this morning, I'd go pray one more time. Ain't that right? Hey, listen, if he took a man that was possessed with a legion of demons, uh, and at one word, he cast them out. Did you know that? It wasn't no great message. It wasn't no great thing. Uh, he didn't go get the doctor and the psychiatrist and all. Oh, no, friend. Uh, he just said, go. That's what he said, Ronald. Uh, uh, the Bible said them demons said, would thou be willing to let us uh, uh, go into the swine? And he said, go. And they went. Uh, I mean, at one word, he solved every issue uh, uh, that that man ever had faith. Next time you see him, the Bible said that he was clothed uh, and in his right mind. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, y'all got to help me just a little bit. Uh, I mean, the last time we saw him, he's in the tombs of the mountains, cutting himself with stones uh, and screaming and wailing. And now, John, the Bible said that at one word from the Lord, he's clothed and sitting uh, and in his right mind. If he can do that, uh, I believe he can handle whatever it is you and I are facing, don't you? If just touching the hem of his garment could cure that woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years, I believe he'd handle whatever you're going through, don't you? If it's just a word, he could raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. I believe he'd save your babies and save your husband and save your wife. And I believe he'd go ahead and nod your head. I I believe he'd do it, don't you? But none of that would be a help to us if we give up today. Do you know that? Somebody got some on your heart, something you need to do. You mind the law. Can I say one more thing? You know something else that amazed me about Mark 5? 
it wasn't just happenstance. Did you realize that? He, he told them disciples, he said they was going to the other side. And when he went, he knew Michelle that that maniac there would be waiting on him when he got there. And, why, and then when he left there, the Bible, now watch this, when he left, Bible said that, that Jairus came and told him about his daughter that was sick. Not that was dead, but that was sick. Isn't that right? And Jesus started walking with him, and along the way, run into that woman with the issue of blood. But can I show you something? That wasn't happenstance. It wasn't slowing him down, John. He knew that. He already knew that to get to Jairus' daughter, he'd have to go by... That right? Now, he knew that if he went to Jairus' daughter first, he'd have missed that maniac. But he worked it all out, John, to where that he, he helped that man, then he helped that woman, then he helped that girl. And can't you imagine Jairus? Now, just imagine Jairus' run got him and said, come help my daughter that's sick. Yeah. And after he healed that woman with issue of blood, they come and told him, said, don't trouble him anymore. She's already died. Can't you imagine what Jairus must have thought? Can you imagine, I mean, let's just be honest, now we're dealing with youngies, and we all know that uh, you, you, you do a lot of things, but it's different when it's a young, isn't that right? And don't you just know Jerry's so look around thought, if he hadn't had to help that woman, uh, my daughter to be off. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I've been there, and you know, you'd be all sorts of preachers to go to, but I've been there, and I thought, what in the world are you doing, Lord? Why'd you do that before you did this? I didn't need you to do that. I need you. Go ahead and talk to him. But what about this? He knew what working out. Is that right? Yeah. He, he knew exactly what he was doing. Can I tell you something? I know. I know. I've been there. I promise. I want help us this morning. I've been there where I thought, Lord, I prayed and 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 I poured my heart out and I've spilt my guts. I've done everything I know to do. Why hadn't you done anything yet? Can I tell you something? Maybe he's got something better. Answer, I'm going to just teach your lesson, I believe. It may just be he's got something better. Isn't that right? Can I show you something? Now watch this. And I, I promise I'm done. I'll not say another word. It would have been a miracle had he healed Jairus' daughter when she was sick. But how much more of a miracle was it that he raised her from the dead? Is that right? It might be, you say, first you don't know how bad my, you don't know how bad my situation is. It might be the Lord's just going to do something greater than you ever even imagined. It might be that he's going to do something uh, that, that just that show out all across the community and all across. It may be he's going to do something great in your life. You better just hold on and keep the faith and I trust the Lord that He knows what you need before you ever. Ain't that right? He knew what you needed before you ever needed it, uh, and He's already got a plan this morning. Somebody else, you mind the Lord. Don't get nervous this morning. They serve chicken at one o'clock just like they do twelve. All hearts free. All right. All right. If so, good to have my friend, Brother Houston Parks, young preacher out of Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Rhonda, North Carolina. He's going to come preach for us. You pray for him as he comes. Remember his wife. I kept thinking she's going to wise up before she said, I do, but she never did. And uh, so you remember her. Brother, you come on. Mind the Lord this morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'll say I have enjoyed being in the house of the Lord today. Uh, you might say, uh, well, you're supposed to say that you're a preacher. No, I'm supposed to say that because I'm a Christian. Uh, the Lord saved me by His... Oh, the Lord saved me by His blood. He bought me by His blood. And I know where I'm going because of His blood. And He says, for not forsake you, assembly of yourselves. If you're here and you're forsaking this, you can, it's not just not being here. You know, it's, it's being here and you not really being here. Yeah, right. You not really taking it all in and just taking, letting the Lord just pour out on top of you what He wants to love you with. Oh, yeah. Letting Him just pour out His blessings on top of you. Right. Just looking, looking at your church and knowing how blessed you are. Yeah. Looking at your pastor and knowing how blessed you are. Right. Looking to your left and right and who's sitting on the pew beside you and knowing how blessed you are. That's what it's about. It's about reading this Bible and hearing the brother stand up here this morning and he did a beautiful job of knowing what he's talking about. That that lineage of Jesus led all the way down. And now that's your part of it. Now, I just can't get over it. There's that song that says, I can't get over the blood that I'm under. 
And no, I'm not going to sing that song. I don't know it good enough. But uh, I'm, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, and I'm going to sing a song this morning if it'll be all right. Um, usually I have somebody that sings with me, but I, Brother Tony Hudson, now he don't sing with me, but he, he says this thing he says, he talks about, he says the, uh, he's got butterflies in his stomach when he gets up here. And about time he gets catching a gear, he says he's, they start flying in formation. And, uh, and uh, they don't fly everywhere. Your stomach don't feel like it's jumping and flipping and flopping everywhere you think you are. But uh, uh, usually I have my cousin to sing this with me, and, and she makes it sound so much better and so much prettier. And uh, I just want to try this song today. And uh, I just wanna, I've got two messages on my heart this morning, and I don't know which way to go. Um, y'all just pray for me as I sing this song. While he was teaching Sunday school, is uh, I was going this way, the Lord was leading this way, and then while when Poncho got up here, or Kurt, or Chris, whichever one you call him, uh, he, he he Lord led this way. So we're gonna see where he goes. Uh, we'll pray after this, and we'll see where where he takes us today. <clears throat> <clears throat> Lately, I've been looking back along this winding road. To the old familiar markers of the mercies I have known. I know it may sound simple, but it's more than a cliche. There's no better way to tell you than to say that God's been good. In my life, I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams when I go to sleep each night. And see, I've had more share of hard times, but I wouldn't change them if I could. Because through it all, God's been good. This right here goes along with exactly what Brother Poncho was saying a minute ago. Times replay and I can say I've cried some bitter tears Though I felt His arms around me As I faced my greatest fears You see, I've had more gains than losses And I've known more joy than hurt As His grace rolls down upon me undeserved. And God's been good in my life. I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams when I go to sleep each night. And though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could, cause through it all, God's been good. Amen. Amen. I'll say I I thank the Lord for uh, everything He's done in my life. Um, He might just take His thing and run in a whole different course than what I thought. Back in June 2003, this old preacher boy knew of the Lord, but I didn't know where I was going to go. I was sitting in Bible school. My aunt started talking about uh, started talking about Jonah and the whale. She made this simulation where we got in the whale, and she had she was spraying salt water and had a fan running it around, had sardines opened up in there. She had a. She's talking about what the smells was like, and like we was talking this morning, what the what the smells are like, what the what it tastes like. You know, you get that that salty taste in your mouth with the salt water. It's not like pure water, pure distilled or or clear clean water. It's 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 it's, it's got that bitterness about it. And I got in there, and I got in that 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 belly of the whale. Just as, I don't know, I wasn't like Jonah, but it put me in his shoes for a minute. And I started thinking, man, must be a pretty big God to get Jonah out of that whale. Because me as a little eight-year-old boy, I said, whale's pretty big. Some of y'all whale might not be pretty big. It's pretty big to me. I went home that night and 
There wasn't nobody that said, Houston, you need to be saved. There wasn't nobody that said, Houston, if you don't get saved today, you're going to hell. But I'd been in church all my life and I knew it. I knew it for a fact. About 12 o'clock at night, I tossed and turned. I was in Nanny and Poppy's sunroom and I said, I need to get saved. I went over and I, you don't knock on Nanny and Poppy's door at night if, if you ain't got no nothing wrong. And I said, I knocked on that door. I went in there and I said, Poppy. He said, what's wrong, what's wrong? Because he knew something had to be wrong for me to go in there. Midnight, he said, what's wrong, what's wrong? I said, Poppy, I need to be saved. He said, all right. It was that simple. I'll be honest with you, I believe I was saved by walking in there and telling him I need to be saved and knowing it. But I got down that night with him and he grabbed his Bible that was beside the nightstand right beside his bed late when he fell asleep reading it. That's important to know right there. And we went back in the sunroom and kneeled down and he said, Houston, I can't do it for you. I got down that night and I asked the Lord into my heart. He ain't never left me since. I'll be honest with you today, I... There's been times like in that song, it's been my greatest fears. He's just conquered them every time. Let's pray this morning. Dear God, we thank you for everything that you've done for us to show us what you want us to do in this time. God, Lord, just be with us so far. God, we thank you for what you've done in this house so far, God. Lord, we just pray that you lead us down the right path, God, today. God, Lord, we just pray for what we have for Blue Ridge today that you've given to us for heaven, God. Lord, just be with us, each and every one in here, God. Lord, I just pray most of all, God, above all things, that if someone here today doesn't know you, God, Lord, that they come to you, God. Lord, if somebody doesn't get fed by this message, God, Lord, that they just that's that one person comes to you and realizes that they're a lost sinner and needs to be saved by grace, God. Lord, show us what you want us to do in this time. Lord, you know I'm in, a, I'm in a crossroads right now of what I need to do right now. Lord, I thank you for everything you've gave me, God. The testimony you've gave me, the, the wife you gave me, the family you've gave me, God. Lord, just show us what you want us to do in this time, God. Lord, just forgive us of all of our sins and shortcomings, God. Lord, I thank you for this church and the man of God that stands in this church, God, every Sunday, every Sunday night and every Wednesday night, God. Lord, just be with this church and growing, God. Be with this church and going for you, God, Lord. But most of all, like I said again, if there be somebody here that doesn't know you, that they come to you in the free pardon and forgiveness of sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You don't mind? I'm going to get a tissue real quick. I've got two things up here, like I said, and uh, we're not going to go there, I don't believe, but uh, the first one's over in 1 Samuel, and don't turn there, don't waste your time, this, you won't waste your time in looking at it this morning, but uh, there's a, over in 1 Samuel, it talks about a man named Nabal, and I got to teaching on this last Sunday, and I, I gave it to Brittany, Brittany's my wife, if you don't know her, uh, most beautiful woman in the world, I believe, but... Uh, uh, there's a man named Nabal over there in Samuel. And if you don't know about the man named Nabal, he's a bad, bad man. He's a man that uh, he says he's churlish in all of his ways. He, doesn't want, he wants to be wroth. He wants to be mean. He wants to be hateful to everybody. And he just, he just how he is. And I'll say this, don't get caught up on saying that's just how they are. You're just making an excuse for them. But then you see his wife, Abigail. And I talked about this last Sunday, and this goes along with what Poncho said, and then I'll get into the message. It says, Abigail got to David, and we know David to be a type of Christ. And he says he had, she had to get to David, because if you know anything about the story or the account, David was on his way to take Nabal out and his men to take them out in order to kill them. To take judgment upon them for not returning the fact, not returning and saying, You did this for us, David. You protected us in the fields. He said, Who's David? That's like saying, Who's God? That might as well be. He's pointing his face in God's finger, but 
And what you get to is like Poncho was saying, if you've got somebody that you, you're their Abigail, you need to say, my Nabal has not turned to Christ yet, has not said, Lord, I'll follow you. Lord, I, I need to be saved. And, and come back around and say, you need to go and sacrifice for them. You need to go and you need to give for them your all. And I talked about prayer warriors and all that, but let's turn over in Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, and I didn't mean to run a rabbit there and run off of that. Uh, uh, I just grabbed that out and I thought it might be something good to share. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. I've got, uh, you can see, I've, I've, I've took notes. I'll show you, I saw the brother up here a little bit ago with his notes. I've got notes upon notes. And, uh, and it's, I'm about like the brother said, uh, he's about burnt out on this. Um, but I, I've had one thought all week. Uh, about this, about uh, what to do this week, uh, Brother Poncho asked me to if I if I'd be available at this time. Uh, a couple weeks back, we was up at uh, Brett's church up in uh, Friendly Grove, and he asked me about this, and I ain't had a thought about it since. Uh, just to be honest with you, but around Sunday night and Monday morning, uh, he put a song in my heart, and it was that song right there, and I got to looking there at the end of it, and it says, "Grace rolls down upon me undeserved." And the brother got to talking today about grace a whole lot. And I said, Lord, uh, is that the way you're going? And uh, I, get some, I get to thinking about this, about what, uh, what grace guarantees us. I think a lot of times we just hear the word grace. We hear that and it's a word. We get so used to words in today's time. We get so used. The word that you're most used to is your name. I'll say that. I hear the word Houston all the time. Now I'm hearing the word babe and I love it. It's a different name for me. Or now I hear, the, I hear the word stupid a lot or something. I'm not supposed to say it up here. I'm sorry, but I said it. But anyways, you, you, and I love her. She's smiling right now, so I'm doing, I know I'll be okay when I get home. But anyways, the word grace. The brother stood up here. and I, Brother, what's your name? I'm sorry. Kenny. Kenny. Kenny stood up here, and he said the word grace a lot. That's a word we know about. Right. A word that we, we hear about all the time. We hear the songs, there's, there's many songs up here, there's, there's amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. There, there's, I, there's a song that we sing, it's by, I think it's by the McCamies, it says, it says, I've made it by grace. And that's a song that we can sing, honestly, when, and my dad pointed this out last week, he said, they're singing that on the other side of glory, he said, I've made it by grace. I've made it to glory by grace, made it to heaven. But we can sing it nowadays, we actually changed it, went back up in the choir and sang it again, and said... I'll make it by grace. We make it by grace every day. Every day. And I know you've heard that. I don't, want this, I don't want this to fall on deaf ears today. I don't want this to fall on familiar ears today because this is something that, that you hear a lot. And I just want you to take it in. Let's just, let's just get really, really, really matter of fact about things. We, we, we wake up every morning because of what? Grace. And you know I'm talking about grace. You know the answer to every one of these is going to be grace. I'll just tell you, it's pop quiz. But We wake up every morning because of grace. We're able to lay our heads down, me beside my wife, some of y'all beside your wives and husbands, and, and in the same house as your kids, and, and, and in the same house that you, that you love and that you're protected in because of grace. We're able to, to drive. Do you know you go by another, you're going 60 mile an hour past the car. The car's going 60 mile an hour past you. You're going 120 mile an hour. If you'd impacted, you'd be hitting that 120 mile an hour. Plus the weight of them cars, the metal, you can multiply that and do all the math. I'm, I was an art teacher back in the day, not a math teacher, but that's a lot of force. That's grace. Every time. And you're going, if you don't think about it, that little two yellow lines are only about that big, that far apart. Go out there and stand in the middle. Don't go out and stand in the middle of the road. Don't say I told you that. But go out there and stand in the middle of the road and see that. Realize how close. There's people that pass and their mirrors hit and those mirrors just explode. That could have been you. Houston, you're preaching all them messages just to get our attentions. No. I'm preaching about grace today. Did you know that every breath that you take... I heard a brother Poncho preaching the couple nights ago, and I've been driving to Greensboro a lot lately, and he, he preached on something, uh, and I never knew this about him, I'll be honest, I've known him, uh, known him pretty much my whole life, I guess, uh, and if you can believe it, I used to wear his clothes, but uh, anyways, um, I get his hand-me-downs, but if you think about this right here, he, 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 
he's talked about something, and I might be wrong here, where he's got something with your mouth, I believe, with the cold sores or something like that. He's got cold sores and talking about not being, feeling like he couldn't breathe. Feeling like he's, like he's closed up, mouth's closed up. What if you woke up one morning and you couldn't open your mouth to take a breath in? What if you woke up one morning and your allergies were so clogged up that you couldn't breathe? I've been in that situation before, and that's, one of the bad, that's a bad situation. You wake up and you try to take that breath in. It's not there. I've been going down a slide when I was, I know this is kind of a weird story, but I went down a slide back in, in Jonesville Park. This sucker was probably taller than this church. You get up on that slide and you slide down one of them hot metal slides, and I laid back on that sucker and went down and boom, landed on my back. And I went. Daddy saw me. He saw what was going on. I lost my breath, and that happened to me many a times in football. And going down the slide again, actually twice it happened at that, but then football twice more. But, and he said, breathe, son, breathe. And it was the hardest thing for me to do. But by God's grace, I was able to do it again. Every time, we don't even think about breathing. That's what I'm saying today is we don't even think about grace. We don't think about it. I got a couple points here, and, and they're not alliterated. They're not nothing special. They're, well, they're the most special thing in the world because they're about grace. And but, uh, well, I just want to read this in Ephesians one and one. No, Ephesians one and three. I'm sorry. And you can follow along with me, and you'll you might see where I'm going here. Because after we read uh, three through uh, <clears throat> three through uh, thirteen, or no, three through fourteen, we're going to skip over to chapter two, and we're going to read that a little bit. And I know it's going to be a lot of reading. I'm not going to ask you to stand today. But uh, just read along with me if you will. <clears throat> it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Take that in today. All spiritual blessings. In heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Five, look, look at five really good when we read it right here. Take it in. Having predestinated us, you preacher, you talking about predestination. No, I'm not. Just, just read along with me. Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. Underline that adoption by children if you want to. Adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. We're going to talk about that in a minute. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. He had to make us accepted through grace. We weren't accepted as the brother said. We couldn't have been accepted. There's no way. In whom He hath redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. And I say amen to that. According to the riches of His grace. Wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in, his di- in the dispensation of the fullness of times might gather together in, w- in one and all things of Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Look at his 11. 11 goes along with verse 5. It says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. I underlined inheritance because that's an important thing right there. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or assurance, which is the assurance of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Now, I'll just be honest with you. This is something a little different than what I've been preaching and teaching on recently. I was telling Brother Poncho, I've been, I've been in times in the past month or so, and all the Lord has allowed me to teach on and preach on is pride, jealousy, putting somebody to the wall with a javelin, as, as King Saul wanted to with David. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not having, I'm glad I feel like I don't have to do that to y'all today. Just be honest with you. I'm glad that I don't feel like the Lord's leading me that way. I, I've seen everybody, I've come in here and said, good morning, brother, everybody, and, and it's all felt genuine, it's all felt, it's all felt amazing. But we need, I, I just think we need to focus on the amazing grace this morning. Let's focus on that for a minute this morning. We, 
We look over here and, and, and some points that I have, uh, and these are in no order. Uh, it's just the way that the Lord gave them to me. Uh, and I want to go into a couple of them. A couple of them I'll go into deeper, and some of them I won't. It says right here, it says, We are undeserving. My righteousness is as filthy rags. And somebody, I heard somebody preach one time. He said, uh, it might have been at this church. I can't remember where it was. He said, I want to be the best filthy rag I can be. My righteousness is as filthy rags. If, if you think at one moment that God should have said, whatever your name is deserves what they're getting right now, deserves grace, you're wrong. There's never a time in this time in our life, there's never been a time from beginning to whenever God decides to end this thing out and say, I deserve this. If you are, and I said I wasn't going to say it, but if you are, that's pride. And we don't, we, don't have, we don't need that pride. We don't have that pride as Christians. We don't have that pride. We are so undeserving. Our righteousness is filthy rags. I, we, we look at this and we talk about, and you might not know about this part, but if you think about it, the Gentiles versus the Jews. The brother got on it this morning. He was he was and he wasn't stomping on it with cleats. He was walking around it all the whole way around all this because he kept talking about grace and talking about the Gentiles and the Jews. He talked about the women that, that go up in the in the in the genealogy of Jesus and how you, how you, you get to Jesus, how you get to Joseph. Uh, he talked about how brother Sammy Lawson preached about how the how you get to the the you get Mary's side of it and then you get Joseph's side of it. What you get from each side of it. But you think about this. We are born Gentiles. We're born that. There is no way, as the brother said, and I'm just reiterating what he's saying, what the Bible says. He was using that this morning. Beautiful. There's no way that we could be a Jew. And brother, I'm sorry I'm stealing your stuff. You had good stuff this morning. There's no, I had it wrote down. I didn't have it wrote down before you did. You're older than I am. But anyways, uh, we go on and it says, there's no way we could be Jews. There's no way we could be the chosen people of God. No way. You say, Houston, there's no way, but there is a way. Yeah. And that's through who? Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we have the Gentiles. And you know, the Gentiles are talked of as dogs. Yeah. Dogs are the worst people in the Bible. They're the worst, one of the lowest animals in the Bible. And you say, you'd say, get that Gentile dog out of this room with me. Get that, get the Gentile, get that dog out, out of here. Get the, the, it talks about the, the dogs are not able to eat at the master's table. We talked about that last week too, but anyways, you, you think about this. We are undeserving. Just think about this. Do you think a, a, a dog, and we have a dog at the house that we've just adopted, and we'll get into that point in just a second, but I don't believe that that dog deserves what I deserve as a human being. There's things that I'm going to have better food. I'm going to have a, a full house. I'm going to have a house over my head. A dog can't drive a car. There, there's things that a dog cannot do because they don't deserve it. And, and, of course, they're not humans. You're saying, Houston, that's, that's a weird analogy. I know it's a weird analogy, but look at this. We said, I, I said, uh, we went and adopted this dog the other day. Think about this. The next, the next one, we are des- undeserving, but think about what happens with grace. Something that grace guarantees is this adoption. You have an adoption. And I'd never thought about it this way. I'd never really thought, man... Uh, this adoption is, is, is something that's more powerful, just like we're talking about grace, that we just think through and it just goes off, off our shoulder and off our head and we don't think about it. This adoption is, is amazing. Look at this adoption here with me just a second. It says, we look here, it says in verse 5, having predestined, predestinated unto us the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. And I got to looking about what is adoption. I'm, 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 I'll be honest with you. I've never been adopted. The only time I've been adopted is through Jesus Christ. I, in, my, in my human life as being adopted, I was born of, of my parents, Kim and Rodney, and, and, and I've, I've been with them ever since. But when you get to somebody that's been adopted, and they've been adopted into a good home with a father and a mother and a, and a family that loves them and sisters and brothers and you, you, you look at that person and they are so thankful for that adoption. And I, I never really knew what adoption kind of, I knew what it consisted of. I knew, but if you really dive into it, you look at this and, and some notes I took on it. And I'll get through this quick right here. The, 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 I get to thinking about, there's a, there's a school, it's the Cornell School of Law. And it says, it defines adoption as this. It says an act 
by which an acceptable adult becomes a guardian over a child. An acceptable adult. First of all, I, I get to thinking, and there's seven things you have to have to, in order to, to do adoption. And I'll tell you those in a minute. Seven's a number of completion as we talk today. But acceptable. Think about that word acceptable for a minute. Do you, just really think about this. Do you think God's acceptable enough? He's above and beyond acceptable. There's nobody else more acceptable of Him to, to adopt us. Would you want to be adopted by anybody else? No. There's nobody else to, that I would want to call my father. On this world, there's nobody else I want to call my father than Rodney Parks. But in, in my spiritual sense, there's nobody else I'd want to call my father than the Lord Jesus Christ, than the Father Himself, than God Himself. He is above and beyond anything I could imagine as a father. He chastens me. He guides me. He, he loves me. He, like that song I was singing, He puts His arms around me when He wants to put His arms around me when He knows I need it. That's a father right there. And, and just to think that before that, my father was the world. My father was, was, was the evil works of this world. It was, was, uh, my, was, uh, and, and you get into it. I get to think about this. The first thing you have to have to adopt is, is the want to adopt and care for a child. If me and Miss Brittany were to go and to want to adopt a child, the first thing we need is a want. God wanted us. He, he, said, he looked down and he saw Houston and he said, I want Houston. He looked down and he saw Poncho and he said, I want Poncho. I want Brittany. And I'm sorry I forget names, but he, he looks down and he saw each and every one of you and said, I want you. You don't go to, I don't, we didn't go get that dog the other day, the, the uh, Schuyler's her name. We didn't go get little Miss Schuyler because we wanted to just get a dog for a day and not have it no more. Or just take a picture or selfie with a dog, put it on Instagram or Facebook and just say, here's your dog back, we're good. No, we got it because we wanted a dog. We wanted it. We want it. People go to get an adopted child, want, number one, most of the time because they can't have a child. Number two, maybe they don't want more. You know, or number three, maybe they just want a, they just want a child. Period. But they have to want a child. The and, and and it's 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 neat because you look in this. The next thing you need is a copy of your birth certificate to go get a child. Copy of your birth certificate. Well, if, if we know if we know God correctly, He's from the beginning to the end. He's forever lasting, forevermore. So hey, just think if the Lord comes in, He says, "Hey, world, uh, I'm going to adopt." Houston, or I'm going to adopt you, and I'm going to say, here's my birth certificate. There ain't no way that's not good enough. Look at this next point I've got. It's, it's, it's number third point. It says, he needs a marriage license. So if I'm married, if me and Miss Brittany's married, they need to show that marriage license, that we're married, official marriage license. Brother said it today. He's married to the church. Married to the church. You get here, and, and, and you get here in verse 4, or not verse 4, excuse me, sorry, um, do you need, and this is something I thought was really, I was like, why is that in there? But then I got to thinking about it, and the Lord showed me something on it. He says, you need divorce decrees. Yes, there are people that get divorced and go get them and, and want to go adopt a child. And I say, Houston, what are you doing with that? I'll say to this, Lord don't have no divorce decrees to be showing up with. Houston, you, are you preaching that you shouldn't have divorces? No. I'm preaching that. You get here and you say, Lord hasn't divorced anybody. He doesn't just say, I've adopted you or I've married you, church, and I'm just going to leave you behind. Now, I, I, I'm going with you to adopt this child. And you get here and, it's, and you look at this next one, and you have the birth certificate of the spouse. And this one really, really, really said to me, it's, I thought it said there's three, there's three that he might proclaim and might show the birth certificate of the spouse. He might show the, the birth certificate of the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. And he might say, well... What are these, what are these, you might ask you a question, what are these people going to do for this child? Well, the father, like I said before, is protecting, he'll be watching, he'll be disciplining, be chastising and telling you, hey, you did this wrong, hey, you did like a father should do. And then the next one, maybe the son comes up, he says, here's the son's birth certificate. He was born of a woman, he was not born, not begat by a man, but he was put through and he, he said, this, and this son, what's this son going to do for you today in this adoption? Well, he's, he, he lived for you, so then in full course, he could die for you. And you go on and you have this third person. You might say, who's this third person going to be? This third birth certificate, if you will. And it says it's Holy Spirit. And that, well, the, what's the Holy Spirit going to do for this child? What's this, new, what's this grace 
show me that this Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit's talking to us every day. He sends, he sends it as a comforter to us. He sends it to guide us. But then you get to thinking about this. You, 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 go to some, you go to get an adoption, and you have to show, in, in this sec, the sixth one, it says you have to have a birth certificate for your children. I don't have any children, but Poncho has two. I went up there, and he wanted to adopt a little boy or a little girl, and he said, I want to adopt this little boy or little girl. I need to show them. So, hey, Poncho, you need to show the birth certificate of your, of your two sons. He showed those birth certificates. Think about this right here, and I don't have a million papers up here. I could go on forever lasting. I guess I could get that uh, Kleenex box right there, and I could say, well, here's Johnny, here's Brittany, here's Poncho, here's Houston, here's Kenneth. And he could keep on going, keep on going. And you might sit back, and that person sitting across the desk, an adoption lady or man might say, man, you mean you've got all these children? He's worthy today. He's worthy of adopting us, and we're so unworthy enough. We get into this, and the last one is something that I thought about is the paycheck stubs or taxes. You have to show your paycheck stubs or taxes. He's abounding in grace. He's abounding in mercy. And you, you say, well, I, guess what? And you, you could go brag to somebody a little bit about this, and you say, well, my daddy owns a cattle of a thousand hill. You heard that before? He owns a cattle of a thousand hill. He is rich in mercy, rich in blessings, rich in, in everything. And, and everything that we have in this world goes back to him anyways. It's all his. You get here, and the next one we get, and I, I got these last two points, it says the communion is what we get also with grace. The communion with the Lord. The, one of the greatest things I love to do is talk to my wife. I love to talk to her. I just love anything. We can talk about cars. We're talking about cars right now, trying to get a new car. We talked about dogs when we were trying to get a dog. We talked about houses when we were trying to get a house. There's always something new talking about, just as it is for us and the Lord. There's always something new. We get there and it says we have that communion, and that's what grace gives us. Just think if the Lord took that communion away. If that veil come back down and that was rent in twain when Jesus died, and he said for you, and he said, you need somebody else to talk to me for you. That's what a lot of people believe today. You have a lot of the Catholic Church still believe that today, and they say, if, if Pancho was our priest, he would say, all right, uh, Pancho, can you go ask the Lord for me if this would be all right? Would you go ask the Lord for me to forgive me of my sins? Would you go ask the Lord for me to, to, to pray for my loved one? Would you go ask the Lord if I could be saved? It don't work that way. We have that communion, face-to-face communion. It's that, it's that phone that you can pick up any time it's like that 911 button. Every time you dial 911, somebody's going to answer. There's always somebody on the line. I mean, it's true. It's that, song, it's that old song we sing. A lot of us don't sing it no more. I can call Jesus anytime. We have that communion, and that's something that, gives, that we get through grace. And the last one I want to give to you today, and I'll be done, and I'll get out of the way, um, it talks about the destination that we have. That grace gives us a destination. And I'll be honest with you today, not tonight, today. I'll be honest with you today. If you don't have that grace, you have a destination still. You have that destination. We know there's either grace or no grace. We're not under the law anymore. We're, not under, we're under the, 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 the grace period because Jesus died for our sins. And if, if we have that grace, then we know where we're going. We know. That's the assurance of knowing where I'm going. Pancho talked about, the, about the, 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 the fear of death. We all have that fear of death, no doubt. There, you hear that, that people are homesick when they get older, and they're closer to the heaven, they're closer to, to, to where they know they're going, their destination. My grandfather, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out plain for you. My grandfather has Parkinson's. He's, uh, he's getting on his last end of this thing. But he tells me, he says, Houston, it's all right. I know it's going to be all right. I'm not to that yet. I'm 25 years old. I'm not to that yet. I can't say I'm homesick. I can't say I'm, I, I can say I'm tired of this world. You know, but like Pancho said, I've got that fear of death. I got the fear of I don't want to leave my wife. I don't want to leave my family. Don't want to leave my church. Don't want to leave, don't want to leave the pulpit. But if the Lord called me out of here, I'd go, and I know where I'd go. But at that same time, we have that fear. 
But, but the, the grace gives us that time of, it, it, when we get to thinking about that fear, we, then we get, it's overcame by that destination of where we're going. We get to streets of gold. We get to gate to pearl. We get to, we get to see the Lord's face, as I said a minute ago. We get to bow at His feet. And I know I don't believe we're going to be roller skating across heaven. No, I don't believe we're going to be uh, running laps. Some people say we're going to be running laps around heaven. I think we're going to be falling at His feet, prostrated upon the ground, as, as they wrote in the Bible. And I mean, disagree with me if you want. I'm not going to argue with you, but we have a destination. But on the other side of this, there are the other things that if you don't have grace. If grace hasn't rolled down upon you, grace rolls down upon you undeserved every day, even if you're not saved, if you don't realize that. It's upon you every day. Like I said, you're driving in a car. You got here today. You, you go to see your mama. You go to see your daddy. Your daddy's still here. That's grace, 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 grace. But... Uh, if you look at it, the ones that don't know about grace don't look at it that way. They're just living. Living. Well, I'm going to go see Mama again. Well, I'm going to go get my car and drive 70 mile an hour this way towards Winston or towards Mount Airy and get me, go downtown Mayberry and get me a pork chop sandwich. But they just think about things. When you get this, there's, they don't believe. You don't have grace. You don't know that you're undeserving. You don't think about it. You're not adopted. You're still out there in the world. You're still out there thinking about things that don't matter. You know, there's, 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 you're not adopted. You don't have that communion. You know, the only prayer that, something that the Lord hears from an unsaved person is that first prayer of, forgive me, Lord, I've sinned and I want to be one of your children. That's the first prayer they hear. People say, well, pray for me. Pray for my daddy. Pray for my mama. Pray for my son. I've been praying for my son. And I say, you know, if you get saved, he'd hear that prayer. You know, if he gets saved, that would be something that he would know, that he would be able to hear and say, I hear you, and I want to do it for you. There's, there's things here, and then that last one, like I said, they, they, many of them know their destination without grace. You could walk up to somebody nowadays, you could say, you know, you'll die and go to hell if you don't have grace, if you don't have, have the Lord in your life. And they'll look at you and say, yeah, I know. There, there's times, and I'm not going to preach on hell today, that Poncho might get up here and do that, I don't know, but... There's times where you hear things like, well, we're just going to have, that's just going to be me and my buddies partying up in hell. Well, you go right ahead and try that, buddy, because it's not going to happen. It won't happen that way. There's times where you hear things like, well, and I've heard this, well, well, my, my, my boy went to hell, or my son went to hell, or my, and preacher talks about this a lot. Preacher Brandon, he says, he says he heard a man, he, he went and witnessed to a man, and he said, well, if, if, if he said, it, it, you need to get saved. He said, preacher, I know I need to get saved. The Lord's been dealing with me all my life. He said, but I won't do it. He said, Brandon, I said, why? He said, because, he said, I know my boy's in hell, and I want to see him again. How awful would that be? Well, there's another thing, too. That destination of hell doesn't mean you get to go see everybody in there. Because you're in eternal torment. Eternal torment. That destination is eternity. And there's, there's two sides of this thing of grace. Either you have it or you don't. And I know I've messed this up. Back over to you, Pastor. I love you all and thank you for praying for me.